Hi everyone, it's Jamie English. Um, thank you for joining me today. Today I want to talk about how wealth starts in your mind. Any money problem that you have is a problem that was created in your mind. And I want to share some ex excerpts from one of my favorite, favorite wisdom teachers, Mike Murdoch, um, and how he talks about the mind. And I told, I agree in totality of this. I started working on my mind about four to five years ago. Um, and my life just changed. You know, I used to have very, um, I used to have a lot of scarcity thinking. Um, so a more of a poverty mindset, even though I wasn't like in poverty, living in poverty, but my mind was full of poverty thoughts. And I just had to totally unlearn everything that I knew before and relearn everything again like I had to be like a child again be like a baby and learn because you know I was unsatisfied with the way my uh, my life was going and I was unsatisfied and unfulfilled with my financial status and I knew I was destined for more I knew I was you know wishing for more but I just didn't know how to get there until I found um this and and basically he is wisdom teachings and wisdom teachings to me are very simple yet they carry a lot of depth and what I did was I started to apply the wisdom teachings to my life and I saw how it changed um, the essence of the situation. So, okay, seven qualities of every dream maker. Um, so before I start with that, did you know that your decision, your decisions have decided your life? God has not decided your life. The moment that you accept that, your life changes. That is so interesting because from what we learn in like church and in different religions that, you know, we have to wait on God in order to achieve our dreams, in order to us to go the next level and things like that. But no, God is waiting on you. He's waiting on us to move and to work on ourselves and to clear the clutter that surrounds our minds so that we can live the fullness and the, the abundance and the prosperous and have access to, you know, the fullness of God and the rewards that are here in this world, and I call it, um, my life is now like a heaven on earth experience. I don't have to wait to die to be in heaven. I'm, I'm creating my heaven here. Okay, so, so, um, yeah, I just, I just, I'm going to share it with you. I'm sharing with you on audio. I'm going to share this on my social media today because I've literally just opened my inbox and saw this, and I'm like, wow, I have to, I have to, um, share this. It's such a reminder of my start and my work, and I'm like. I need to share this with people. So seven qualities of every dream maker. Your empires in your mind. There are millions of people enslaved waiting for God to do something. He works according to his laws. The laws of God are designed to work with great thinkers, God thinkers, those with empires in their minds. If you are going to have an uncommon year, a supernatural year, you are going to have to get some empires going in your mind. People with empires in their mind rewrite history. People with empires in their mind expect supernatural miracles and double their goals. And I'm going to add to that. People with empires in their minds change the world. I'm just so passionate about this because it's such my experience is totally who I am and what I believe in. And I just really, really, really wish more people are willing to be this as well. Number two, energizing relationships. 
When you are friends with people because they are convenient, they live next door, they work with you, you see them every day, you may have wrong friends. You need to reach out beyond your little circle and search for the uncommon mind, the uncommon life. A legitimate relationship is one that fuels the empires in your mind. A legitimate relationship is not one that you could fit within your past, but one that is designed, I'm sorry, designated for your future. If you want to be super supernatural, there is going to have to be a shift in your relationships. You must unclutter your life of every unwholesome connection, every, every relationship that strips your faith, I'm adding strips your joy, strips your peace that saddens you, that multiplies your doubts so that every goal, every dream that the spirit of the living God has burst inside your spirit will receive new life, longevity, intensity, perseverance, and tenacity. You need those relationships that embrace your dream. So that was dynamic. And I mean, I can totally relate to this. Like I release people. I release them because... If they're not serving my highest good and I'm not serving their highest good, what are we doing? What are we here for? Um, And I'm not like proud to say it, but I am happy to say that I am unwilling to keep people in my life that are unprosperous and unfulfilling because I'm a person who gives everything, right? So I'm not withholding information. I'm not withholding love. I'm not, you know, being dramatic and fighting and all that. And I'm being peace. So if like, if that is not reciprocated, um, then, and you know, you are warned and like warned a few times because I'd, I'd love to give people, you know, opportunities to change the possibility and the trajectory of a relationship. But if you're unwilling to shift, I understand, but guess what? I have to let you go. Um, and it's it's not easy. I must tell you, it's not easy. Um, I know a lot of people are unwilling to do it because we create attachments um, with people and we call it love, but really it's just an attachment, like a form of codependency. And you're unwilling to let that person go because maybe because you're afraid of being alone, maybe because you are um, afraid that nobody else will come in to kind of fill that spot. But I know that, it will like when I release someone and I put out the energy of love and you know who I am and just being myself, I'm going to attract back who I am. Um, and that's just what it is. So I'm not afraid to lose people. I'm not afraid of loss. Um, so yeah, energizing relationships. And now today in my life, I attract divine connections. I mean, it's amazing to see the amount of divine connections that I'm able to attract by simply being me. And it could work for you too. Okay, number three. Now, I didn't read this one. So let me stop for a second and read it first before I um, read it to you. Oh, but real quick before I move on to the next one. In fact, let me just give you an example of a divine connection. I posted this on my um, live the other day of how I just got a FedEx package overnighted to me yesterday. And I'm not going to disclose what was in the package, but... I got the package and I know that what was in that package is going to change the world. It's going to help change the world on my mission that I'm on and and further the mission that I'm on. And the interesting thing about it, it came from a person who I've never met before. And most of my divine connections have come like in the most successful, especially business money making prosperous connections have come from people that I have never 
met before in life. Now we've built a communication, I mean, a built a relationship um, with communicating like over the phone or over chat or something, but I have never met these people ever. (laughs) And it's like, I just appreciate that I'm open to all possibilities. And that's how I believe that you become prosperous and abundant and like ultimately wealthy is because you don't place limitations on your relationships and how they should come. And you don't place limitations on God in the universe to, to dictate how you're going to develop these relationships. And I know a lot of people who do, like, I know like friends and family, they'll be like, yeah, well, I don't know that person. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to call them or I'm not going to work with them because I don't know them. Guess what? I don't I don't know these people. Like, I mean, I know who they are by their soul and they're talking, but I haven't actually met them before. But guess what? I've never made so much money with anybody else that I actually knew versus <laughs> versus people that I don't know. So it's like it just amazes me and I just remain open to divine connection. So I hope you do, too. OK, let me um, go to number three. OK, I am going to actually read it as it is, because. Because it's not totally mine, I'm going to read how he has it. He references the Bible a lot. Um, Flexibility, a readiness to make a radical move swiftly. Do not make everything in your life a Methuselah project. You need to boot kick yourself into your future. You need to get moving. Get into action. You need to live ready. An explosive supernatural year requires movement. It is so easy to know that you are moving in the will of God. Wherever there is favor, you are in the will of God. Think about Abigail. She has it. She headed down to David swiftly, quickly as soon as she realized her husband, Nabal, had made a foolish mistake. When Naomi said, I am leaving, Ruth said, I am going with you. Do not be afraid to make a mistake you already have just by doing nothing. Your whole life is going to be on hold until you learn to get up and move, get moving towards your goals. I can totally relate to this. And, you know, I really... I'm I'm probably I wanna no. I was about to say I'm probably a hard friend to have, but that's not true. I'm just a passionate friend and I have friends of mine whom I um whom I who I push and and challenge them to be in action. Um particularly one of my friends, and I know he doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> I can talk about him. <laughs> uh, one of my guy friends, he we've been friends for about three year, three or four years, something like that. And he's actually a person I actually did meet him once, but other than that, we've never met in person before. But he's the person who's given me access to a bunch of different um business investments that I've made that have been like super prosperous. Um, and he's a risk taker, so you know, he'll take the risk first and then tell me about it, and then I'll be like, Okay, cool. Um So he, but he's so, he's so honorable. He's so peaceful. He's so intelligent. He's, he's, he studies a lot. He works on himself a lot, but the challenge with him, especially after talking to him, being friends with him for about four years is that he only shares those gifts in a place of comfort, which is talking to me or talking to his family um, or his wife or something about it. And I'm like, I'll initially I'll plant seeds like look you have a lot of information share it 
Why are you hoarding this? You know? And, um, you know, for so for a while, he was resisting it. He was resisting it. He was resisting it. And then I'll get in seasons of total boldness and be like, listen, especially like a couple months ago, I was like, I was so sick and tired of him pouring in all the information into me, particularly because the information he was pouring, I heard it all before from him. He's told me this over and over. I already know. So it's like, at a certain point you're preaching to the choir and it's like you really need to be pouring this out on people who don't know this information so I just got tired of him making excuses and he would stick with this same excuse oh I'm waiting on God I'm waiting on God and then I was like that you know a couple months ago I was like listen I'm tired of you saying you're waiting on God no God is waiting on you when are you going to move what is what is it going to take for you to get out of your own way and I just, I get to that point with a lot of my friends because I don't, number one, I don't like excuses and I don't like inaction, especially when I know you have all the the abilities in the world to take on the action, but it's like that fear is what's stopping you. So we dug deeper and he had a fear of what um, other people would think about him. And I'm like, but I understand it. I get it. I've had fears before. So the only way to conquer your fear is to do what you fear. And the fear disappears. So I'm just so happy to report. So wait, when we were on the phone, it was probably like a Wednesday or Thursday when I talked to him. And I just got frustrated. And I was like, look, by Sunday, he goes to church. I'm like, by Sunday, you need to start a group in your church for teen boys. And, And particularly because he's a male with this influence and this knowledge. And I'm like, We need, like, we desperately need males to be doing this, you know, and speaking this. And you are such a great example. Why aren't you sharing this? So I I gave him a challenge. I was like, by Sunday, you need to communicate with whoever you need the leadership there that you want to start a a group for, whether it's for teens or men or whatever, and share what you know. You you will lead the group. And he did it. He did it. And I mean, he didn't like the way I was talking to him. And, you know, I mean, I was being respectful, but I was being very bold. I was talking just like I'm talking to you now. He didn't like it. It was uncomfortable for him. But guess what? It needed to get done because I've been listening to you for almost four years. Talk about the same thing. Talking about what you're going to do when you get this and this and that. but, But you're still right here. What are we doing? So being in action is totally necessary. Totally necessary. I swear for the past. Um, 2016, 2017, I was totally in action, totally. And if you talk to anybody who knows me, like who's really close to me and know about my day to day, they would report to you the same thing. Um, now 2018 is a different type of year. I feel like I was supposed to, you know, fall back and learn a lot of things to help me when I'm ready to get back in action totally again. But it's just you you have to be in movement so you can have the belief, but the responsibility is up to you to move in towards that direction. So, OK, number four, this is one of my ultimate favorites. I love it. I've learned so much from it. It's true. I get it. And I see a big problem in our society who of people who are unwilling to do this and we have to change that. We have to shift. So. A unwilling, no, a willingness to ignore fools. He says, stop analyzing stupidity. Stop scrutinizing scrutinizing it. Do not stop all your dreams and all your goals because somebody does not like what you are pursuing. Do not take it deep into your heart if someone criticizes you. 
You have to have greatness to discern greatness. You have to have a part of wisdom to discern who has got it. You may be so preoccupied with who is going to like you, accept you, and and you spend all day long trying to satisfy and please them. Do not go through life hoping everybody else is happy with you. Do not waste your energy. It will never happen. What are your goals? What are your dreams? Get so obsessed with them. Get so full of tomorrow that yesterday people will not enjoy you. Oh my gosh, y'all. I'm going to just tell you how when I learned this and applied it to my life, I just saw such a difference. And it really shifted my focus because if I'm able to ignore people who are foolish, I'm able to spend that same attention and energy on myself and working on myself and growing myself and upgrading myself. And I don't have to fight every battle. I don't have to respond to every critic like it's, it's, it's a certain kind of person who can, you know, has the strength to do this because we're so, in today's society, we're so short-tempered. You know, we don't like what somebody says, you know, we, we want to attack. We we have a huge problem handling differences. Just because someone has a, a different political affiliation than you, you want to hate them. You want to scrutinize them. You want to criticize them. You want to judge them. Just because a certain person has a different um nationality in you. You don't like it. You don't understand it. You hate it. Just because someone has a different skin tone in you, you you know, you want to downgrade them or whatever. You want to judge them. And it's like, you have to ignore fools. Only the strongest will survive. And the strongest people are the ones who won't allow a fool to get in their way of their mission. Um, and ultimately, I really love um, one of my other teachers, Dr. Dane here, um, I went through a whole process of within myself of receiving judgment with ease. And I had to be willing to receive judgment with ease. You know why? Because people are going to judge you whether you like it or not. You Like we know this. We, we see this in our lives. We watch TV. We see it all the time. We, we're on social media. We see it, right? So I have to be okay with receiving judgment, meaning when it comes to me, it doesn't rock me. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't plant a seed in me. Like I could totally overlook it because I know who I am and I know I don't have to prove myself to anyone any day of the week. <laughs> so, I mean, that's for me, that's one of the greatest wisdom um, teachings that I've I've ever learned and applied. And I'm not saying I, you know, I always conquer that, but that's always the goal. The majority of time I do, like I have learned to like master it to a certain level. But, you know, of course, once in a while you'll be tested, particularly by people closest to you. Okay, next. (sighs) I had to catch my breath. An obvious confidence and knowledge of your dominant gift. You house part of God. I love that he said that. You, I'm going to repeat that. You house part of God. And I just got to interject before I go on. Like, that's a biggest, another big problem that we have to fix about ourselves because we don't even understand the, the, the totality and the depth of who we really are. You literally are an extension of God. So like, what are you showing God in your life? Um, and you know, that's just a part of not knowing your power, which I work on and I talk about a lot on my social media. Like you have to know your power and who you are. And when you do, you can literally walk in a room and light it up because of who you are, not what you do, who you choose to be. Okay, back to him. So what part of him do you house? You contain divine skills from God. Have you discovered it? Have you lived with yourself so long you do not smell your own perfume? Do you like, do you like about you? Oh, 
Do you like about you what God enjoys? Are you enjoying you? Are you liking you? Or have you become so consumed with what you do not like? What is your dominant difference, your skill? Develop a confidence in it. You need that to have an exceptional year. If you are not enjoying your journey, you are going the wrong way. I totally, totally, totally am about this life. (laughs) Number one, because um, I had to learn to love myself. You know, if you listen to any of my previous podcasts, I talk about how, you know, I was overcome with failure and pain and sadness. And I had to, like, rebuild myself and ultimately learn to love myself. And that's what made me, that's the journey that led me to my dominant gift, Like, I know my dominant gift. My dominant gift is to inspire people and to be the light. And that's exactly who I am. And it's like, I know it's rare. I don't wish that I'm like, you know, rare, meaning like, I wish it was more people like me that I would see, like a lot more people, like the majority of the world type of people like me, Um, you know, so that we can all like learn and and get energy from one another, but I know it's rare. So like, I just do what I do because of who I choose to be. And it's like, if you don't know your power and you don't know your dominant gifts, I mean, you'll just constantly be working towards like copying someone else's. Okay. Next, a vivid picture of the future. You are unwilling to live without. Oh my gosh. I can go into this with about myself first, but I'm going to wait. What are you willing to trade your present for? The cost of your future is your present. Until you are willing to give up the known for the unknown, you do not have a picture of your future. Ruth left everything for a future. What picture do you have of your future? What price are you willing to pay for it? The most difficult thing in the world is to get a picture of your future and sustain it, to give birth to the clarity of a pic- of a tomorrow picture. God cannot even get involved with your future until you do. Okay, so I'm going to share a little story about this and how it relates to me. So back in back in late 2016, I had a dream, right, that I never forgot because it was so magical to me. It was such divinity to me and so harmonious. Um. So, okay, I have to just give a little background first. I was in a relationship for over 18 years and I ended it and ended up ultimately getting divorced. It was very traumatic. It was hard. It was painful, you know, cause I was attached to a human for 18 years. Um, and I just felt like I wasted a lot of time back then and whatever. Okay. Fast forward. <laughs> so we, I ended up filing for the divorce in 2015 and ended up getting it finalized in 2016 of the summer of 2016. Right. So, and it, and it's like a tumultuous relationship. You know, this person doesn't want peace, um, with me. So, you know, it is what it is. I can't change people, whatever. So I just offer my, extend, extend my forgiveness, you know, send peace, love, whatever. And then ultimately we have children. So it's like, I have to, you know, raise them in that environment. But, you know, I just do the best that I can. And it's being the best version of myself and teaching my kids to do the same. So anyway, um, so in late 2016, I had a dream. Oh my gosh. So like, in my previous relationship, I, I was unloved, you know, I was unloved. Um, I wasn't valued. I was taken for granted. 
Um, and, you know, so I had to rebuild myself and love myself and realize my self-worth so I would never attract that type of person again. And then come to find out the person was a narcissistic sociopath, which I didn't know for the whole 18 years. Um, so anyway, fast forward, I had this beautiful dream of like my future me and how it was just the most loving relationship. Um, it was just beautiful. I like, it was so beautiful. I woke up crying. I was like, oh my God, like I woke up and cried, like, oh my God, like, so I knew God was showing me a picture of my future, and I I wasn't ready at the time that I had the dream to date, because I was still healing my heart, and still repairing myself, and I was unwilling to go out in the world and find another person, you know, carrying that baggage, so I saw the dream, and it was so vivid, like, we, you know, we had an experience like on the beach and we just was like joyful and happy. And then I even had, um, I seen us ultimately getting married. I mean, it was this beautiful setting. It was, it was elegant. So I was like, I knew we we're going to have money because, you know, to afford that type of beautiful setting. And it just was total kingish, queenish type stuff in the dream. And I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. I look forward to my future. So I was so thankful because I had a vision of my future, right? So, okay, it's time per, oh, and then this thing, this is the last thing. I saw five distinct characteristics about the person, but I did not see his face. Oh my gosh. So, but these five things I remember, right? So these are the five things. I saw his complexion. I saw, you know, how, what color he'll be. I saw his head. He had a bald head. I saw his body. He had this banging body with tattoos on it, which you know, I really like his, you know, he was totally in shape. And like, I was like, wow. Um, so hold on. I saw his complexion, his head, his, um, oh, he was taller than me. Now I'm a tall girl, so I'm already five, nine. So he was like significantly taller than me. I'm like, oh my God. And then the last thing was that I saw that he was some kind of trainer and I wasn't a hundred percent sure about that. Like what kind of trainer, but it was like, I got that he had to travel um, like a lot so that he was like a traveling trainer. That's what I took away from the dream. So it was these five distinct characteristics that I saw about this man in my dream, but I did not see his face. So I held on to that and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So, um, when I was ready to date, which was the next year in 2017, you know, I was meeting people and they wasn't matching the, the dream. And I'm like, okay, so it's not you. It's not <laughs> they just wasn't matching it. And I just, I was just unwilling to settle. Like I had this vivid picture, just like what I read to you, I had this vivid picture of my future and I was unwilling to live without that future that I saw. And so I'm like, I can't be with you. Like I had, you know, a few relationships after that, but when I found like found out they were unfulfilling, I'm like, I can't be with you because this is not this is not what I saw in my <laughs> this is not what I saw in my dream. So let me tell y'all, okay, February of that year, I met this man. Well, a man, I'm gonna say a man. And he fit all of the characteristics. <laughs> I'm sorry. He fit the qualities. I'm like, yo. And the crazy thing is, I wasn't attracted to ball, like ball heads. Like that wasn't my thing. But because I seen it in my dream and I saw the possibilities of like the eternal happiness that we both had, I'm like, oh, I'm so willing to open and open to all the possibilities. So I met a man that matched four out of the five criteria. And I'm like, 
Okay. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't want to look crazy, you know, because he doesn't know. Like, I seen the dream. He didn't. I don't know if he's seen the dream, you know. And I don't know how much I want to go into. <laughs> I just want to. All right. I'm going to just I'm going to leave it at there. I'm just I just know that I am unwilling to live without the dream. And that's not the only dream I had. That's just one. I had a few other dreams about glimpses in my future of how I'm going to be traveling in the world and changing lives and, you know, about the wealth that I'm going to accumulate over time. And it's like, I am holding on to those visions. Like I believe it's going to happen. And I see every day that I'm getting closer and closer to the dream. So my point to you is that never give up on the dream. Even if people around you don't believe you, like, and it's so funny because my closest friends, I told them about my dream, like they know. And I told them intentionally because I'm like, okay, listen, I know I sound crazy right now. <laughs> I know I said, I know it sounds far-fetched, but I believe in this. And I'm telling you this because when it comes in my future, I want to be like, yo, didn't I tell you that? And they're like, yes, you did. Oh my God. And I'm showing you not to give up on your dreams either. Um, so anyway, I feel like I met that person, but he doesn't necessarily know that yet. Um, and I don't want to like, I'm just letting, you know, God and the spirit of God and whoever else is in alignment with this to make it happen. Um, in the, in the way in which it's supposed to happen rather than me trying to force it. Okay. Number seven. Is that it? Okay, number seven, an obsession with somebody's success. All of your future is built on somebody else succeeding because of you. Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything you want in life if you are willing to help enough people get what you what they want. Here is how you can know whose success matters to you and where you have been assigned, where there is favor, where there is opportunity, where your gift and difference are celebrated. What doors God has presently opened? If you have one door open wide, that door is a clue. I encourage you to leave the past behind. Let go of yesterday. The only place yesterday is happening is in your head. Embrace a new beginning. Welcome to a brand new start. This is the future you have been dreaming about. You are here. So I just thought that was a great um, lesson for you today to know that... um, you know, your empire starts in your mind and hold on to your dreams. Have as many dreams as possible. Visualize. Um, I visualize a lot. You know, I visualize basically, it's, I don't know if you don't, if for people who don't know what that is, like I close my eyes, go within my mind, go to a higher level of mind and picture how, you know, how I want my life to turn out, what experience I like to have and believe that it's going to happen. And so it shall in time. Um, So I just wanted to share that with you today. I hope you got something from it. Thank you so much for listening. Be well.